Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Outwatch, a Survivor Rewatch podcast. This is the second episode of Outwatch Live, which is our uh, Ghost Island recap podcast. Um, We just finished watching episode five in the fourth week of Survivor Ghost Island, the one in which our good friend Stephanie Johnson uh, kicks the bucket. So, uh, yeah, I am here. With my brother Andy on want, the podcast. I want those pastries. He's been eating nothing but pastries for the last 48 hours. Just like Chris. Actually, 24 <laughs> hours. Uh, and we are going to recap uh, this episode. We've had 24 hours to kind of sit on it now. Um, and yeah, I'm also, my mom is sitting on the couch over here and she will inevitably make some noise. So when you hear that... <laughs> That's coming from our mother on the couch. <laughs> so this was a, a super weird episode yeah. in its structure. And this was uh, the smallest amount of strategy talk I can remember in a recent Survivor episode. We are, of course, re-watching uh, Survivor Pearl Islands right now, also on the channel. And this felt a lot more like an old season of Survivor like Pearl Islands, with the amount of like story and character and the lack of strategy, it was an interesting construction. Yeah, it was seemed there was a lot of it was very one tribe centered. I feel like we didn't get a whole lot. I can't remember the name of the purple tribe. Naviti. Naviti. Okay, so there was tons we, of Malolo. We did get a ton of the whole first half of the episode was Naviti though. You knew going into tribal or into the immunity challenge. That Malola was going to lose because we had only hung out with Naviti until that point. And I guess Stephanie on Ghost Island. Yeah. But like it seemed like there was so much Malolo. Like the whole episode was dominated by it. It was probably just because they spent so much time giving Stephanie the proper airtime because she was inevitably leaving. But it still seemed like just a, a, a lot of Malolo. Yeah, it was. The, spe- the second half was. Yeah. yeah the Naviti was pretty heavy in the first half but what was also really interesting was if for as much as stephanie got that kind of like oh goodbye edit so did michael and jenna got a little bit of it too maybe yeah. to a lesser extent but it, yeah the editors this season have done i think a really intentional job of not like uh trying to like spoil yeah things of not telegraphing the in, uh, an outcome. Yeah, I like that. I mean, because in in years past, you've been able to easily yeah, tell you can... who is who's leaving that episode, who's staying for a while. Like, and I mean, there's still some tropes like that. Like, if you're not getting any screen time into the fourth episode and the fifth cast off, like you're probably going to stay around for a while until yeah. that episode where you just start talking a lot, and then it's like visibility oh, spike. It's like, oh yeah, you're going home now. There's it. I don't know. It was. It did seem like a really old episode, like ones from like the first 10 seasons. Yeah. And it it was really structured weird. There was a lot of a lot of emotions. Yeah. Like m- more than normal. You know, there were a number of times where I just looked at, at I was watching the show and I thought, I'm ready to cry. <laughs> because there was just so much emotion. I'm ready to cry. <laughs> just like Stephanie was. Oh my gosh. What I found myself though, it, because there was a lot of that story stuff and like the sad stuff such that uh there were tons of times i was like oh it's stephanie and then they would give michael one of those scenes and i'd be like oh wait it's michael 
Like, oh, wait, Stephanie, it's not like they didn't give anyone the appearance they were going home. It's like they gave them both the appearance they were going home. Yeah, I kind of like that, though. It goes back to what you said earlier, where it's like the editors were trying to make it seem like like not spoil it almost mm-hmm. like it was very hard to tell between the two of them and i guess jenna in a lesser extent right of who's staying who's leaving like it's very much like a power trip between the five original people from navidi that are on malolo now yeah it didn't even seem like the minority three even tried to flip any of no them. they didn't they didn't seem to like have conversations it was like okay here's why you should keep me it's like they were okay with their inevitable demise yeah. and having to vote off one of the other ones and it's like well i'm just doing it to stay alive like there wasn't any there wasn't any idol hunting that they showed us and i was right. surprised by that maybe they just assumed that they didn't put the idol back out there or there wasn't another or they one. looked and didn't find it right? yeah but it still like brings up they usually when they don't find it they still show it because it eh. like makes people paranoid and maybe a little bit I just, yeah, I don't know how you don't try and flip them yeah. if you're those three. Because like, there's obviously people on the bottom of that five. Right. Like, and it, yeah, as rock solid as they seemed, it's like you, it seems like you have to give it a shot. I feel like Dez or Chelsea could have been flipped, maybe, one of the two of them, because they're I both. I think Sebastian had the biggest Yeah, uh, I forgot about him to, and to his. Flip. And him talking about how Jenna's hair smelled like dead weasels. Yeah, dead weasel. Dead weasel hair. And a real I, charmer, that sea bass. <laughs> mm, yeah. Dead weasel. Yeah, I, I like I need a I need a hair braider. So she's going to stay for a while. if That's cool. It's like, all right, dude, whatever. <laughs> it seemed like so in recent showmances, right, with like the Taylor Figgy stuff. I can't even really think of another one of them I mean, that recently, but not recently. I mean, yeah. obviously the one is Amber and Rob is right. like the quintessential survivor. Relationship. Right. Right. But like is normally it's like a just, you know, novelty. Oh, I'm hot. You're hot. Let's 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 do a thing. Let's lay together in the tent together. Yeah. But like, I think that I think Jenna maybe <clears throat> deserves a little credit because it seemed like hers was done out of like a strategic decision. Yeah. Also, we're watching the Texas A&M and Michigan State game right now. And <laughs> Johnny, Johnny Manziel is there. And <laughs> it was pretty disruptive to see Johnny Manziel's face on the TV. Yeah, you know what Johnny Manziel likes to do a lot of? Talk about getting some honey or smoking something, drinking something. <laughs> he's going to rehab now. He's trying to get his stuff together. Yeah, because he's been smoking and drinking too many somethings. Getting honey. Getting honeys. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... <laughs> So, yeah, this was a super... Honestly, I think it was my least favorite episode of this season so far um, because I do appreciate the strategy and there was not much of it. But I also can... I don't know. I appreciate what this episode was, even though I didn't love it so much. And it's like, I'm also bummed that Stephanie's gone because I really liked her and thought she was one of the stronger, like, strategic players in this game, socially, too. Um, so I, I wish we would have gotten to see her in the merge. Yeah, that would have been interesting. I feel like she, she definitely would have been stronger in the merge as opposed to like this one on like these separate tribes Mm -hmm. type deals, because she seems like a very social, like natured person just in general. Yeah. Like she's able to go from like one person to the other and like build like what maybe faux trust or actual trust in relationships with people. I think it would have been interesting to see how she would have played it going forward but yeah she's the type of player too i think that uh 
her biggest, like, I don't know, the biggest obstacle she has to cross is getting to the merge. And then once she gets there, she didn't. But if she yeah. did, she seems like someone that could get pretty far because she's not necessarily going to be someone who people are like really eager to target early mm -hmm. in the merge necessarily. Yeah, she's not really she's not like a physical threat like someone like Michael or right. Chris or someone like that. Yeah. And she doesn't seem like I mean, she could be like a threat socially, but she's friends with everybody. So everyone's like, oh, like I think she's in my alliance or oh, I can take her to the top three or whatever because yeah. she's someone I can trust. So they're more apt not to vote her out. A common take in the Survivor Twitter world during and immediately after the episode is, well, Stephanie's coming back in yeah. <laughs> two ep seasons, right? Oh my gosh. It seemed, especially at Tribal, where Jeff's like, what would your Survivor success look like? Yeah. Like, if you had, what would make your trip successful on Survivor? And, like, he does, I mean, I'm sure he asks a lot of people that question, but, sure. like, we, didn't, we haven't seen, like, an answer like that. And they even right. included, like, when we were watching... They included the pause that she had after mm -hmm. Jeff like gave her that question. Yeah, and the it was, contemplation. Yeah, so like she was contemplating what she was gonna say, or like she was starting to get choked up already because she was mm -hmm. gonna talk about her kid for the ninth time. Yeah, and not to like harp on and like bag on her for talking about her kids. Like, yeah, it's important, but like it seemed that's all she talked about. Her kids were the third most mentioned person in this episode. <laughs> it was Stephanie and Michael, and then and Stephanie's kids. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so some other things to talk about, uh, if there's any other points that you want to bring up, have them just go ahead and go for it. Um, okay. there was a lot of Chris Noble this episode too. Lots of Chris. Chris Noble had a really standout episode from, uh, single-handedly taking the, uh, reward victory by tossing the rock a little bit. Gosh, which, who says that? By the way, yeah, <laughs> as someone who has played lots of baseball and follows it very closely, I've never heard a single baseball player refer to pitching as tossing the rock. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't just tossing the rock. Jeff asked him, do you play baseball? I tossed the, the rock a little bit in my pastime. It's like, dude, what? Yeah. Just say you just say yes, yes and move on. I played baseball. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard anyone say I tossed the rock. <laughs> no, it, maybe that's just him because he looks like someone who would say toss the rock. Yeah. And and refer to any ball that is round as a rock. It's kind of like basketball. a mixed uh, like you're mixing like toss the pigskin and throw me the rock like you're like two sports that are not baseball. that are not baseball <laughs> that are far from it. But he did have a like surprisingly strong episode. Yeah, um, I thought going into so he and so Donathan has his homesick moment and then Laurel kind of Laurel's comforts awesome. him. Laurel's great. Her social game is very good. Yeah. So you get that. And then there's, you know, the Chris like, oh, I'm going to also interact with Donathan. I totally thought that was going to lead up to some like super ham handed attempt to like console Donathan while. But because it's Chris, he like deeply offends him instead. Yes. But he actually like kind of did it well. And I, even during it, I was expecting that because, yeah, Donathan, you know, is talking about his mom and his grandma and that situation. And Laurel does a really good job of just, like, listening and being like, yeah, that's really hard. And then he says it to Chris, and Chris goes on and says, well, yeah, but also my mom. And I thought for sure that was going to lead to Donathan being like, yeah, I think Chris tried to, you know, 
console me, but yeah. he actually just told me about his problems. Yeah, like, he had good intentions, but maybe he, like, did kind of realize that, but, I mean, he brought up a good point. Like, there's not a whole lot of people that have that sort of similar situation, so, yeah. like, even having someone that has something remotely similar can be kind of consoling a yeah. little bit. It's a very interesting relationship between the two of them. I'm yeah. curious to see how it goes moving forward. I think Donathan has trust in Chris, and I think Chris was just doing it to make it seem like he liked him because Chris, I mean, Chris's alliance is basically him and him. Angela. Yeah, well, basically him. Yeah. And Angela. It, that's all. It, he's very much doing things for Chris. He also sure. like, he's very much, I think during the merge is when he's going to kind of get screwed over. He's going to be like one of the first two out after the merge, just because yeah. everybody coming together. The first time he doesn't win immunity challenge, he's gone. It's probably a pretty cold take to assume that Chris isn't going to go to immunity or go to tribal again before the merge. Yeah. I think that's just the, like the way that we're seeing him. I, yeah. Well, like in the kind of expect him to be the merge boot. Yeah. Well, this is kind of jumping forward just a little bit. Like they're moving to possibly three tribes next episode. Yeah. And I know almost definitely. Yeah. I know that's jumping ahead. I don't think they'd restructure tribes again because there's what 15 people remaining. So you could do seven and seven and send one to Ghost Island. Yeah, but Survivor loves three tribes right now. Yeah. Uh, there was another Chris-related thing. Oh, okay. So like going into this episode, Donathan and Laurel were pretty set on uh, voting with Dominic and uh, Wendell. Uh, Wendell, that's right. Yeah, Dominic and Wendell, and going against Chris, Angela, and Libby, but. They kind of throw us the scenario after Dominic and uh, or Donathan talks with both Chris and Laurel, where he's like kind of in the middle and maybe would go with Chris. I don't. Yeah, they, they made us try to think that that's like an up in the air thing. Yeah. Uh, I have a hard time thinking that Donathan and Laurel would choose to side with, with Chris him. rather than yeah. Wendell and Dominic. They seem like two of the least likely people on that island, along with Dominic, <laughs> yeah. to like want to side with him. Yeah, like not that like he's offended them, but like I feel like they just don't it's such a personality to... clash. Yeah, and I mean we've seen that before in Survivor, where two per- two completely different personalities seems to mesh together sure. somehow. But like in this case, I just don't see it. Yeah, and I don't necessarily have much faith in Donathan's like strategic chops at this point, but I do in Laurel's. And so oh, yeah. I think that she would probably steer them into a Wendell and Dominic partnership. Oh yeah. Instead. I mean, Wendell, I can see a lot of similarities between Wendell and Laurel, just in like kind of how they each do social stuff a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think we haven't gotten a whole lot of Wendell screen time. We've gotten bits and pieces. We've gotten enough there. Yeah. for us to not be nervous about him. Yeah. I like Wendell. I think he was my preseason pick, but he was also everybody's preseason pick. So it doesn't really mean a whole lot. But I didn't know that until he told me last night. I was yep. like, "He's like he was Jeff's preseason pick, and he never he was. was." I was like, "Well, crap." Yep. Wonderful. But I, I think that an alliance of Wendell, Laurel, Dominic, and Donathan is almost inevitable. I at would this point. love. Those are like probably my four favorite people in See, this whole game. <laughs> I'm not a huge Dominic kind of rubbed me the wrong way the first episode, and it's gotten better. Yeah, but, I've come around on him. But I really like, I really like 
those three, uh-huh. and then Dominic's just kind of there okay. for me. But I, for some, I see some aspects of Chris that I like. Yeah, but it, then he just overshadows it by saying that he tossed the rock a little bit in his past life. We, he also like rapped. Yeah. Oh my god. Mic drop. It's terrible. <laughs> it was super bad. He, it was like spoken word. It wasn't even rapping. He was, uh, yeah, it was bad. <laughs> I don't know if there needs to be categories for it. It was just bad. <laughs> um, so in the uh, immunity challenge, this one, I made some notes that Wendell and Desi really showed out. It was good immunities for them, respectively. Uh, Libby and Chelsea really struggled. Yeah. Um, they didn't have good looks. For themselves that uh, challenge. And Naviti ends up winning. Um, so naturally Malolo is going to tribal. Um, we did get the uh, Desi underwater with her eyes closed surf experience. And Jeff just afterwards going, wow! Wow! <laughs> <laughs> Sounded like Owen Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow! So that was fun, I suppose. I was um, surprised that, was it Bradley and Kellen that worked on the slide puzzle? Yeah. I was surprised that they, who was it? It was Dominic and... Um, James? Yeah, Dominic. I keep forgetting James is there. Holy yeah. crap, I totally forgot about him. Yeah, I, I'm i surprised that Dominic and James somehow did that slide puzzle. Because I thought for sure, like, once yeah, once Malolo caught, caught up, it was like, dang. Kellen is a stud at puzzles. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was really surprised that they didn't pull that one out. Especially, yeah, it was pretty neck and neck going into the puzzle, and I thought that they had the real advantage, but... Yeah, I was genuinely surprised by that. Not, I mean, because we'd only seen, like, one or two puzzles done by them, I just assumed that they'd be better, but I don't know. Maybe James and Dominic are actually good at puzzles maybe slide puzzles piss me off though so i'd be so bad at that <laughs> each time i watch her like i go into a season thinking like oh yeah i could totally do something like this and then i'm like man i would suck so bad at this yeah. i can't do this crap yeah it, it we talked about it already but it was super rare for like a modern episode of survivor where like the debate was between these three like minority players and they didn't even, like, try to sell us that some of the people were going to swap. Yeah. Or that we're going to flip over, you know? Just weird. Yeah. Normally they, you know, put this, like, counter narrative in there of, like, yeah, oh, Sebastian's so like, well, I don't know. I think maybe they've got a, a, a point two, and they make you think maybe he's going to flip. He doesn't. But it's like, nope, it's one of these three. And it ended up being, like, a f- complete smoke show. Like... Because the only other person who got a vote was was Desiree, and she got Stephanie's vote. Yeah, and I everybody mean, everybody else voted for her. It's almost like she knew it too. Like everybody knew it. Yeah, they they surely told the other two eventually that's who they're voting for. Yeah, and they were wise to put the votes on her in case some weird stuff happened. But yeah, and I I was thinking about that. Like, what if they did go hunting for an idol and they found it, and the editors were just like, you know, we're not going to show you this time. Like, we want you to be surprised when someone just randomly pulls an idol out at Tribal Council. Hmm. I would be... I'm curious as to how well, that would be received. they would have to at least plant the idea that that could be a thing that happened. So remember last season, towards the end, uh, they do this with Ben, where they are like, he's looking for an idol. 
and he knows where it is, but it's going to be tricky for him to get. Did he get it or not? You don't oh, know until yeah. tribal, yeah, and then and to now. see if he pulls it out or not. I got you. I remember that. So, yeah, it's been done, but not, like, such that it's like we don't even see them looking. That would be pretty abrasive. I feel like it'd be a, something different, though. I, I agree that it'd be abrasive, but after it happened, I was like, well, what if, like, Stephanie did find an idol and, like, the editors we were just, just like, know. you know what, we really want you to, like, feel like you were at Tribal this episode and just completely say, I mean, because they may have not known it and they may have not known she was looking for one, so she just pulls this out and us and the tribe are, like, completely They would have shocked. to at least plant the seed of, like, there's an idol out there. Yeah. She's looking for an idol or something like that. Well, I feel like in today's Survivor, everybody thinks there's an idol everywhere, though. Yeah, which, because there typically is. Yeah, and so I was really surprised when after Michael played his idol last episode that there wasn't a scramble by somebody to try to find an idol at the beginning of the episode or the end of the episode just because yeah. that's the Survivor stigma from the past eight years. Right. Is that it's idol or die. Yeah. When you're on the chopping block. Right. Well, ultimately, there is no idol. <laughs> Stephanie gets booted, and we all love her so much. I'm ready to cry. <laughs> and I'm ready to cry because of it. Um, Everybody was crying. Hey, who was your Outwatch MVP this episode? Who was the player who you think performed the best um, this episode? Hmm, that's... My gut wants to say Chris, just because of how much tail he kicked in the, like, rewards challenge. And But I think I'm going to go with co-MVP of Dominic and James for doing the slide puzzle. Interesting. Because I did not get, like, while we were watching it, I did not give them a chance in the world mm -hmm. of beating that over Bradley and Kellen. If I had to pick, like, a strategic one, I guess maybe... Well, you, it's just whatever, know. however you value it. You I don't know. Give like, the MVP. This, was, this was a weird episode to give. Can I give Jeff the MVP this episode? Sure. Because I really don't feel like anybody was like overly. Give Jeff the MVP. Overly deserving. Most valuable probst. <laughs> <laughs> no. I no. mean, there's a, you can say Chris, not only because he, you know, performed well in the challenges, but he also. He like, had that moment with Donathan, too. Yeah, he had a, a better, like, social, uh, he put himself in a better spot this week than he was last week. If they had gone to, yeah, if they had gone to Tribal last week, pretty strong shot that it's Chris. It's yeah. definitely less of a shot it's Chris if they go this time. Yeah. But he's still in the, uh, the conversation. For sure. For me, um... It's either Bradley or Michael. Um, and Bradley kept his five together. He went from a place of being like targeted and seen as like a bully. Also, his uh, to uh, having more control and like better, you know, strategic yeah. decisions. His edit also went from being the whiny. Oh, there's sand everywhere here. I hate <laughs> this. Sand. Yeah, that was so weird. To, you know, like an actual strategic person and like his the way that he interacted with the three former Malolos changed from last week when Stephanie went up to him and was like, hey, you know, I'd love to work with you. And his response is, well, it's five versus four. <laughs> so, so I'm going to so say it's one of you. No. Yeah. So like, like actually entertaining the things that they say. Um, it was, that was so weird. Like, yeah, his, yeah, 
That was last episode, though. I don't want to talk about last episode. Yeah. But yeah, it was very much a a different Bradley that we saw. And I think it was one that I think will change his narrative going forward. Right. I think they're trying to build him to be like somebody who could be like this powerhouse of like a an alliance leader mm-hmm. but i f- i feel like with him his downfall will be inevitable around the merge too we'll see what happens at the swap too because he his value really does come from having his people. The numbers yeah yeah i'm interested to see how they do the swap too yeah and then either him or michael because it could have super easily been michael tonight too but yep he uh pitched himself in such a way that they kept him instead of Stephanie. So I don't know if that was more of a Michael thing or just kind of the way that the cards landed. Yeah. I think Bradley's my MVP for this week. That's a solid one. It's not one that I had considered just because, like, episode wasn't really centered around him. Right. It was a, a good underlying pick. Yeah. Looking forward to next week, assuming there's a, tr- a swap into Tribes of Three. Yeah. Who has the biggest potential for gain and the biggest mm. potential for... Uh, uh, being in a really bad spot, do you think? I think being in a really bad spot, like you said, is Bradley, just because he does rely on that core group of five that he's in. Mm-hmm. And if he if he keeps two of them with him, he'll be fine. Because we can assume, I mean, we're just talking out of our butts here, but it's basically we're assuming that it's three tribes of five each. Yeah. So if he can go on a tribe that has five and keep majority numbers mm-hmm. with him then he's gonna be fine but even if he goes in with two and like somebody else like if it's him and desiree but then michael's with him right michael's gonna be pitching hard like hey this guy's been running the game yeah at the at this camp let's get him out yeah and hopefully the navidi people Mm-hmm. that he was with before realized that and like oh crap like they see him as a threat and they get him out mm-hmm. I think potential for gain mm, that's a tough one I think it would be either Michael or Jenna just because yeah. I mean they're literally at the bottom right. right now and they have the potential for gain to team up with people that they had alliances with before right. and completely just change their tribe situation if yeah. the, the luck of the draw and the survivor gods are happy with them. Right. Yeah, Michael's interesting because if he wasn't already in such a low position, then I think this would be really tough for him because the just like his type of character is yeah. precisely the kind that goes right after a swap. It's like... And his it the numbers are likely to leave him in a minority again. He's a strong guy who if their tribe loses would yeah. If the majority is someone other than his tribe, they could easily take him out and yeah. target him. But he is in a, a bad spot already, so um Yeah. I asked a hard question. Yeah, see I I can't think of somebody on Navidi who would have like a good chance of like turning things around. Mm-hmm. I feel like if Navidi were to go to like tribal, like this past episode, right? There's no one else that I can really think of besides Chris who would be like on the chopping block off the top of my head. Yeah. I mean, I don't Chris, think Chris is an easy swap boot too. You know, yeah. it's like this guy's kind of annoying and weird. <laughs> People <laughs> he, don't really seem to like him. He wraps a lot at camp and wants pastries a whole lot. We yeah. need to get him out of here. Dominic could be in trouble too. Just the persona that he has. Yeah. If he ends up on the wrong side of the numbers somewhere. Well, he's got the legacy advantage though. Yeah, it doesn't matter though. It's, it can only be used at 13 oh, or 13. 6. Oh, 13. Yeah. 
So he'd have to wait two more. Yeah. I really want to see uh, Laurel make some moves. I hope that she gets in a good spot yeah. with some people around her and can kind of run a little bit. Yeah, she's very much been like a, I don't want to say background character or mm-hmm. background contestant, but like very much like kind of like almost like a mom figure. Like it's kind of how yeah. I saw her with Donathan this week. Yeah. Like very much like will sit there and like listen to you and like wants to like, like I can tell that she genuinely cares mm-hmm. about Donathan and about the other people on her tribe. Sure. So I think it'd be cool to see her in more of like a power role, like see her as like a leader of an alliance, but I don't know yeah. if we'll ever get that chance. I just don't know if it's her personality or not. We will see. Yeah, swaps uh, shake a lot of things up, and that's what they're intended to do, so it makes sense that they do. Can we talk about Ghost Island for a second? Sure, talk about Ghost Island. I think Ghost Island's been disappointing so far. Okay. I mean, there's been five people at Ghost Island, and this was the second week in a row where someone doesn't play a game. And But, I mean, there was only... Last week, she had the option to. Yeah, and I feel like... I don't know if I thought going into it after what's his face jonah hill guy i can't (laughs) jacob yeah jacob jonah hill from super bad um after he like played the game the first time i was Uh like okay like maybe it's like i'm sure it's not every time but like i figured like majority of the time Mm -hmm. it'd be like you have the option to play instead of just getting a piece of paper that says like lol you're not playing today yeah instead but i i hope after the merge, I'm really interested to see how they're going to do Ghost Island during the merge. Yeah. Where if it's the guy who wins individual immunity gets to pick who goes to Ghost Island mm-hmm. or if it's the person who's out first in the immunity challenge goes to yeah. Ghost Island. Or like, what if the person from who wins immunity and gets to pick decides to put themselves on Ghost Island? Sure. If they can do that. I'm yeah. interested to see where that goes. But I hope just as it progresses, they're like able to play more of the games and i hope it's not just the same one over and over where it's like yeah just here's two boxes good luck yeah yeah this is i agree with that that i wish the games were a little bit more nuanced than just pick one or the other yeah i thought for sure that this week there would be an opportunity for that since they gave kellen one last week and she didn't take it i thought they would just roll that over to this week um, I guess it's just like already predetermined which weeks are going to have one or not. Because yeah. Because they built that thing. Right. With the, the xylophone. Tiny urns. Yeah, yeah. The xylophone. <laughs> the ghost xylophone. Yeah. This also, is my overall take on Ghost Island. I love the aesthetic of it. Yeah. I think I, it looks really cool. Oh, it's I, super cool to see like all the all the snuffers yeah. from Jeff's personal collection hanging in the shed. That's super cool. Yeah. Uh, I understand and am glad that there's not a, a game every week. Yeah. Because otherwise there would be so many advantages in the game that it would be stupid. Yeah, it'd be really overloaded. Like crazy, stupid overloaded. Yeah. I I wish that, like, I, the only time that I was like, oh man, I wish there was one and I don't really understand why there wasn't one was this week. Just because they were, like, going to introduce one into the game last week and it just didn't happen. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I wish the games were a little bit, there was more than just the game of chance, but we'll see. Maybe there will be, and they just haven't yeah. done that yet. I've also seen like how it's been basically ghost Island is just a here. 
here's character development for one person. Let's talk about their lives yeah. and why they're here playing Survivor. Everyone I, who goes gets an emotional scene. I kind of like that, though. It it seems to make the people more relatable, in a sense. Yeah. It gives them purpose as to why they're on Survivor. Because, I mean, the quintessential answer is, like, when Jeff asks, why are you playing Survivor? It's like, I want to win a million dollars. I right. grew up watching the show. I've watched, watched it all t- 20 years of my life, blah, 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 yeah. kind of BS. But, like, I like this when it's, like, Stephanie can go out there and be like, I am like so much more confident in myself and I left the Mormon faith and got divorced and all did all this stuff in a span of six months and now here I am and I'm yeah. gonna like I'm a strong, powerful woman and I'm gonna kick some butt. Right. Or like where it's Chris and he talks about his mom. Yeah. Or where it's Kellen and she talks about like how she completely changed her career and mm-hmm. like her relationship situation. Like, I like that kind of stuff. I think it's cool. It gives them more character. It gives them more development. But at the same time, I wish that it would be just something different. Like, I want to see, like, a confessional where the person goes there and is, like, paranoid of, like, what's happening back at camp. Sure. Because, like, every time people have gone there, it seems they're just, like, they're not caring about camp. Like, we saw Stephanie, like, literally just, like, sitting on some rocks, just, like, right. taking a nap. Yeah. It's, like, I feel... I had the sense that Ghost Island would be more like Exile Island, I guess, where it was like... That's what happens in Exile, though. Anytime that you get the... There's not a whole lot of content if there's no game. And that was yeah. always the... It was almost like Dead Air with Exile, too. It was like, but with I'm going to look for an idol for a little bit, and now that's all we're going to see. See, with Exile Island, though, they at least made it seem like they didn't have fire and things like that. Because every time they go to Ghost Island, they've got that big honking torch next to a large thing of rice that they just cook up. I liked Exile Island, the fact where it was like, you're literally out here with some sticks. Sure. Have fun. And it was kind of more of like the, like the, uh, I don't know, the mental side of the game, like Mm -hmm. your own mental state where you're trying to like, hey, I'm on this island for a night. I'm probably not going to eat because there's like one bag of rice and I can't make a fire because it's raining. And I've got a tiny shelter. Well, we'll see how it goes the rest of the way. We're still only five episodes in. That's true. It's it's weird that we're I feel like the season's been going on longer. And maybe it was because the first episode was that two hour long one where they voted two people out. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. The normally the only time that you get the or like any time that you get these, you know, deep personal stories. Yeah. The response is either, well, this person's winning. Or, well, this person's getting voted out tonight. And yeah. with it happening more frequently, especially on Ghost Island, it kind of spreads the wealth a little bit and gives, like, there's, at this point, I feel like just using logic in your editing, or edgic, if you will, this is a deep survivor thing. Yeah. There's, a, and I don't look at edgic because it's, I don't think it's worth it and it spoils things, but I feel like, at least to my untrained eye in this, there's more people at this point who could win than usual. Usually, yeah. even by now, it's like, well, it's going to be one of these three people. Yeah. Um, it seems like... There's, there's like, a handful that can't win based on, like, what we've seen. But other than yeah. that, I think it's still pretty wide open. Yeah, I like that about this season. It seems... I mean, I, I don't think... I can almost say for certainty that Chelsea is not going to win. It's unless, not It's not Chelsea. It's not Libby. Yeah. It's not James. Yeah, I think those are the only three that I can say with certainty at this point that like... It's not Chris. You don't think it's Chris? Not a chance. Why do you think that? Just because of how he is. 
Crazier things have happened. Yeah, Fabio did win that one time, yeah, so I guess so. so. <laughs> it was also the worst cast of all time. Anyway. That's a different discussion. Yep. <laughs> well, anything else worth bringing up? Um, Not that I can think of. I'm trying to go through the episode. Um, I... One quick little note, I like how they're doing separate rewards and immunity challenges the past couple episodes. I know that's like an old Survivor type thing where mm-hmm. they did that a lot during the first few seasons and it ate up just a boatload of time. Yeah. But I do like it. I think that, I don't know, I like the challenge aspect of it. It's fun to see what the Survivor team can like come up with as far as unique challenges because... I feel like in the past few seasons, it's always been like, all right, every individual immunity challenge is stand on a pole for a day. And every team challenge is grab some rope, pull the rope, down come puzzle pieces, solve the puzzle, you win. This one seemed different where a lot of the group challenges have revolved around baseball or basketball to start this one. Like you had the group challenge, you had the the ones There's a lot more skill-based. Yeah, and I like that. Instead of the... I, I like the more athletic side of it versus the, the puzzle intellectual side of it just because I think that's more fun to watch. But sure. that's just me. I think there's been lots of either like throwback challenges or elements from old ones too. This yeah. season it seemed kind of fitting with the overall uh, theme. Of bringing stuff back. and Yeah. What do you think is going to be the next advantage or like immunity idol that's brought back? Man. Like if you had who to can, just take a shot in the dark. Who can even remember all of them <laughs> yeah or like speculate because there's been so many if we don't get ozzy's effing stick i'm gonna be so mad <laughs> yeah that's the only one i need <laughs> it's a fucking stick <laughs> uh that would be great there will definitely be the immunity necklace that aaron Reichen- eric reichenbach gave to sari and parvati yeah um i i hope that we get like one of the cool like crazy detailed immunity idols that Yaoman made the one season oh where he like gosh. carved a turtle out of like yeah. stone. Like that one, I just thought that one was cool. Um, okay, I, here's my guess. I guess it is gonna be the um, the fake hidden immunity idol that uh, Jay from Millennials versus Gen X used thinking oh. it was a real one. Okay. That's Some, a, something along those lines. Yeah, I've noticed, because there's only been, what, two that they've done so far? And it yeah, was Legacy Advantage, and it was one of James's yeah. immunity idols? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, there would have been another one if Kellen had played the game, but and I, I, there'll, be, there'll be more. This, yeah. I wonder if, if they're going to... If the last few seasons are any, impl- like any evidence, there's going to be a lot more advantages yeah. and idols. And I do like how when they found the when Michael found the idol, like, it was James's immunity idol. It wasn't just, like, a random hidden immunity idol. Yeah. I thought cool. that was cool. Like, that they're implementing that not just through Ghost Island, but through, like, actual regular, I don't know, not regular, but normal gameplay. Right. I think that's neat. Indeed. Well, I think that's good. Uh, I think we've properly combed through this episode. I would say so. Hey, well, thanks for listening to Outwatch. Um, make sure you subscribe to our podcast feed. That way you don't miss any of our episodes. We are both on iTunes and on Spotify. So wherever Ooh. you enjoy getting your podcasts, you can find them in either place. Uh, also, follow at Outwatch Podcast on Twitter. We do live tweeting during the episodes of Survivor that I'm present for. 
Um, and other than that, I am gonna sign off and continue to recover from this deeply emotional episode. I'm ready to cry. <laughs>